Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening. As we broadcast from the beautiful state of Arizona here in the American Southwest. If you'd like to contact the show, you can contact us by emailing rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. You can also find us on two other platforms. We don't use them a lot. We're just building up the audience on Gab and Gitter. That's G-A-B and G-E-T-T-R. If you missed any of our previous shows this week, we have the free show archive on the website with an embedded player. It's on the site. You can access or free download stream the shows. There's an RSS feed there to copy and paste and put into your podcast player and there are also links to all of those different platforms if you want the ad free version you know that you can subscribe to the show to get access to a private embed player with ad free episodes and a private rss feed you also get access to the montages and my books those books are on the website to grab separately when you subscribe when you buy a book it supports the show it helps keep us on air it is the only thing that keeps us on air financially other than our affiliate sponsors from Pro One Water Filters and our behind-the-scenes content over on Patreon. And I had some new Patreon videos to upload. I had a lot of technical issues with that today as well. It just gave me error codes, and that's the same thing we just had with this PC that I'm working here for the uh, the broadcaster, just error codes. Everything's an error code. I just got noticed today that my Apple feed has been duplicated again, and I've got error codes on that. I've got tech people working on it. i got managers working on it. Nobody fig- can figure this thing out, so I don't know. Maybe it's a curse. You know, my mom told me that a long, long time ago. My mom told me that some woman put a curse on me, and she didn't mean that figuratively. She said there was a woman in the neighborhood they lived in right outside of uh, Tampa, Florida, and St. Pete, where I grew up, and uh, this woman put a curse on me. I don't know necessarily. That's a lot to unpackage talk about something like a curse right something like a hex something like you know a magical spell how, how could that actually affect me today I, I don't know maybe that's a thing maybe that's not a thing it's that would be something to to dissect in detail and um you know i've written a book about it i've read probably hundreds of books on magic i've uh, discussed uh this type of a thing with authors magicians, other radio hosts. I mean, we kind of specialize in mysticism here on The Secret Teachings, but I'm not a practicing magician in uh, the traditional or the contemporary sense, although this is something I wanted to talk about tonight. I I don't know what modern magic is. I, I, I just like, if I pick up a book from 100 years ago, 
it resonates with me. And I mean, I'm an author in contemporary times. I wrote a book called Occult Arcana, but you know, I tried to write that book kind of like the old style language. I, I pick up these books on magic nowadays. I don't know what the people are talking about. Everything is hex this, hex that, cast a spell, curse somebody. You don't like Republicans. So, I mean, literally, I just saw a book at the store and I, I thought this was funny. I was standing there. I was reading a, a, I had a, I was about to buy a Graham Hancock book and uh, I was going to complete my Hancock collection. And I was actually going to buy the, uh, I got the Garden of Pomegranates by Israel Regardi. I, did, I didn't have that book. And I'm standing there and I listened uh, kind of, it, it happened so fast. I, this woman came up with her boyfriend or her husband or whatever. And she looked at this table of books that were on display and she's like, oh, that's real great. And I'm like, I'm, I'm halfway turning around to see, you know, in the moment what she's talking about. And there was a book there that said something to the effect of like, how to use magic as a queer person to fight the patriarchy and tyranny. It was like a whole mouthful like that. And she's like, she's like, this just pisses me off. She's like, what does that even mean? And I, and I, I really wish I'd have turned around and talked to them. I don't know how the guy felt, but I wish, I mean, I could have made a friend because that's exactly how I feel. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Magic for queer people to fight the, fight the, uh, the, the you know, the misogynists. I don't, I don't know. What does that mean? I even saw a table one time at some protest in Boise, Idaho, when I lived there. And it was like magic to fight the patriarchy. And I just, I, 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 I feel as if these people couldn't define what a patriarchy is, let alone define what magic is. And uh, although I'm not a practicing magician per se, uh, as a scholar of magic and as someone who is, I think, classified as, as a mystic, uh, someone who's interested in these subjects, and you know, I do a show here on the Fringe five nights a week. I've been here for a long time, and we have a very large audience here, not just the secret teachings, but on the Fringe, especially because of uh, Joe Roop's show, Lighting the Void of people that are interested in magic and people that practice and study magic. And it's not the kind of magic where we're, we're hexing people because we don't like the color of their tie. It's not the kind of magic where we're using, uh, you know, uh, certain uh, incantations to summon up uh, uh, demons or to summon uh, the Scarlet Woman uh, because we want to, you know, have sex with uh, some beautiful woman. I mean, maybe people do that, but I think there's a respect and there's a reverence for magic here on the fringe. And I think this is one of the few places we can actually discuss that. And so this week I was really, I was really thinking, you know, I, I want to do, I want to do a show where we kind of get back to the basics of what magic is all about. And we're going to do that tonight on the secret teachings. We started a little bit late. So if you're just joining us, we're going to take a short break, come back. So we're right on the time clock. And Joe Roop was gracious enough to stay up with us tonight to discuss the basics of magic. And we're going to discuss this with Joe when we come back from break. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you for tuning in tonight and dealing with some of these technical problems. www.thesecretteachings.info is the website. You can access the free show archive, but if you want that ad-free archive, Please subscribe to the show. Grab a copy of one of the books, Occult Arcana. I'd suggest tonight, if you've not seen or read anything about that book, check it out on the website. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and check us out on Patreon. Joe Roop from Lighting the Void. 
coming up after this. And Joe Roop is a practicing magician, so we're going to get his take and see what makes a practicing magician different than simply a scholar of magic, right here on The Secret Teachings. It's the month of Janus and the year of the Tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from DavidIcke.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. And this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Tonight, Joe Roop from Lighting the Void joins us. Not just a colleague in radio, but a very good friend of mine. Joe's running the show tonight as well, so I want to give a big shout-out to Joe and the whole Fringe FM crew, everybody here on the Fringe FM. 
think we're building something really special here. Very happy to be a part of that. Don't forget you can download the Fringe FM app for free. You can listen to the show and all the other shows on the Fringe through that application. Download that to your mobile device. That's Fringe FM and Fringe.FM for the network website. So Joe Roop is our guest, and Joe Roop is a practicing magician, not just a, a scholar of the subject. And Joe Roop talks quite a bit on Lighting the Void about magic, something that, you know, when I first came to the Fringe, Joe, I felt it really refreshing that someone and a network was so open to the idea of discussing these things because you either get networks that lean in a certain political direction or in a certain maybe religious direction, and the subject of magic is either taboo or it's wide open for do whatever you want with it and don't think about the consequences. I think that makes the fringe very, very, very unique. Yeah, I totally agree, Ryan. I I think it makes it very unique. And also, I appreciate you uh, asking me to come on your show to talk about this because I don't, I I consider myself a student always and beginner and uh, void walker is another word I call it because this stuff can get really complex, right? So um, it's even even more complex when you have to keep pulling yourself back to understand the fundamentals of where the stuff came from, why it works, and what's been hidden from us, and why. And it gets and it gets pretty deep, you know. Um, but yeah, I think. I think the Fringe FM isn't just, there are staples on the Fringe, like your show, my show, Michael's, obviously Jess's show and news, uh, the audience and the Discord chat, and it, there's bigger things happening. Because everybody here gets to express themselves, and we're all interested in a lot of the same Fringe subjects. But, um, you know, we've had people come on the station that wanted to be on the, the station and would say like, well, you guys talk about certain subjects I don't agree with or whatever. And I said, well, I would, I would hope that would make you want to come on the station because I don't want everybody agreeing about things on the station. You know, I want free thought expression. I want what I believe the basis of magic is, is everyone to express their inner light into the world and to stop letting the world hide the light that's in them. So, you know, it's the different side of the mirror. And, um, for some reason, when people start doing that, we become fringy or outsiders or a little different. And I'm okay with that. Oh, I'm, I'm certainly okay with it too. Funny thing is, do you know, uh, Mitch Horwitz, the author? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I- I'm sure you've had, him I don't know him personally, but he's one of my favorite uh, authors. Actually. I like reading this stuff. I'd assume you've had him on lighting the void. Had not yet. I'm still yeah. trying. Because, you know, I have no problem dropping names, so disassociate yourself with me for a second. But, you know, he was going to come on my show to talk about magic, and I thought he would be a great guest because I liked his books uh-huh. too. But he looked at my yeah. stuff, and uh, he looked at my stuff, Joe, and at the last minute he backed out and said, I can't be associated with what you talk about. I thought that was funny, and I've run into that a lot in the so-called fringe or magic community. People don't want to be associated with my show just because I'm, I'm, I'm talking about things in a general sense. I don't know if that's offensive to people, but I think it's really important that we get to the basis of like, what exactly is magic? Like I can define it in its, in its etymological term, you know, the, the, the dictionary definition, 
It comes from the Greek magia, the science, and the religion of the Zoroastrian priests. That's where you get the magi from, the magicians. Uh, according to some, it was derived from uh, the Greek magus, meaning great. So it's kind of like the great science or the great work. But that's more from, from a scholarly point of view. From a, a practicing magician's point of view, can you define what magic is and then what magic is to you? I think they, they might be the same. Maybe they're a little bit different, and they might vary per person in, in terms of how we define magic. Yeah, it depends on if you're taking someone else's definition of it, which I think you should take all those definitions into consideration. Most people will say it's, you know, um, lining yourself up in concordance with the will, right, to bring your will into manifestation, whether it doesn't, it doesn't matter which kind of magic you're using, whether it's low nature kind of magic or it's, uh, high ceremonial magic or um, even uh, voodoo, hoodoo. Uh, there's all kinds of different magics. But I think it's, a, I mean, it's a profound statement for someone to say they absolutely understand what it is. And then once you get into reading most of the text, they start uh, paralleling it with alchemy and astrology. Uh, they start talking about the astral light and the will is always mentioned. So I will say that that's a pretty good explanation of it. But my definition of it based on what I've been going through is to, it's like the as above, so below to line myself up uh, with my higher self that's connected to um, the universal consciousness or God itself and to the earth, right? To live in balance between the two. And uh, I guess you could say alchemize myself energetically and uh, I was going to say altruistically, but more authentically. Um, and by doing that, there, there, there is a um, manifesting things is like a, it's just a thing that happens. You start noticing it, that it happens. Um, kind of like a coincidence or a synchronicity. Yeah. Like it starts out as coincidences. And then the more you get into it, the more you start realizing there's some fundamental energetic truth to this stuff. And there is truly no scientific way to prove it other than laboratory alchemy. Right. Um, which there are people today that, uh, are trying to, you know, publish this stuff and get it peer reviewed because Paracelsus was showing people that, certain astrological alignments had a massive effect on some of these medicines and things. Energies that cannot be seen or measured. Um, science has no way to see them or measure them. They have a hard time saying that they exist no matter how many times it happens over and over again. So I would also say that magic is an individualizing experience where the only proof that you need is the proof to, to yourself. And uh, this kind of gets uh, a little hermetic and hermity because it can make life a little rough, right? Because a lot of people say, well, all of you people that claim to be magicians and occultists, how come you're not rich and uh, famous and happy and all this <laughs> yeah. other stuff? As, it, as if that's the like, ultimate well, goal of everybody. Right. I said, well, some people use magic that way if that's what they want. And others, uh, their soul, they came here to experience something entirely different. Who are you to define what their will is, right? So some people come here, like, let's say Aleister Crowley, who was a crazy kind of magician. He wanted to experience all kinds of things. And he understood, you know, if you, uh, like you say, you buy the ticket, take the ride, 
I'm not saying he was happy about it, but I guarantee you he understood it. So I would also say that anybody that steps into the realm of being a practicing magician better be prepared uh, to understand the reality of it, right? Because it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not Harry Potter, it's not Lord of the Rings, it's not the phantasma of all the stuff that you see on those shelves you were talking about. If you follow it long enough, you'll start to realize there's something very real about it and it should be respected, but it also should be more widely understood because it's been kept secret through the ages of all religions, in my opinion, uh, because certain priestcraft decided that uh, they needed to govern people because they weren't purified, like I was reading earlier, or ready enough or intelligent enough. And, you know, who's to say they weren't, they were wrong or right, but I think we're at a stage of human evolution at this point to where we don't really need things to be hidden from us anymore. I believe it's time for all to be revealed. Well, when things are hidden, when things are kept secret, especially when they are individually and positively empowering, it allows for the control of the individual. Because if you allow information to be made public and people make decisions for themselves, that allows there to be an organic flow of, of development. Otherwise, if you're dictating that people couldn't understand something, you're making that assumption or you're making that 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 dictate, right? obviously that's about controlling people's perceptions and preventing them from accessing information that could be empowering to allow them to escape the, the confines of, of that prison that you put their mind in. So let, let's, yeah. let's look at something like, like the symbols of magic. Let's look at something like the wand, the, the chalice or the cup, the sword and the pentacle. What, what do these symbols traditionally represent and, and why are these four symbols so important? They start out on the, 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 the magician tarot card, they're essentially, I mean, they're defined differently by different sects in terms of what is associated with what yeah. el- element. But what, what, what is the importance of these, these traditional symbols, Joe? Well, the traditional symbols, uh, as far as the pentacle, it all starts with the pentacle, the five-pointed star that uh, represents the microcosmic man. It represents all of the elements as well as the ether and the elemental realm of spirit, too. So uh, that whole pentacle in itself and everything that's in there represents the microcosmic man, the material world, and the elemental nature. It's all a part of the astral. It's the most densest part, and it represents the physical human body in ways, too. It's a pretty massive symbol, which this is, you know, as well as I do, when you get into symbols, uh, one figure can represent many truths, and it gives it a lot of power, and it also gives it a lot of influence. And each point on that pentacle has, um, you know, an element that corresponds to it. You know, the wand is fire, the sword is air, you know, cups, water, pentacles, earth, and the ether or spirit. It depends on who you're asking. It could be love, right? Um, there's also even deeper understandings of this as things get into sacred geometry and stuff that because there are fourth and fifth dimensional beings and things like that, that it's kind of like when you you can't see these beings, but once you start getting into uh, the geometry of the stuff, you're able to allow them to pass through your space or whatever. So I don't take it past the microcosmic man or the elements because I don't. Uh, I've I'm still at the very beginnings of this stuff. There's so much information in just the beginnings and fundamentals of magic. It's a language like you, you said, it, it's a language you have to learn. 
Right. And and like you said, there now people are like, well, what is this Golden Dawn and all this other stuff? You know, there's massive amounts of wonderful information in there that will will help you through uh, some really powerful things about yourself. But I think we're inherently just energetically kind of, I don't know, chaotic in a way because of there's a lot of energy on the earth now. There's a lot of short attention spans and a lot of emotional control. Um, it takes a lot to go through what the old, uh, I would say, mystery schools put people through, right, as far as being magicians. And um, the magus to them was something that was above uh, science or something that was above philosophy and even above the priestcraft. It was like the ultimate mystery and everything else was expanded upon and religions were created to understand uh, the fundamentals of this hermetic system, but also to be uh, controlled and governed in a way, which, you know, back then it's hard to say if that was necessary or not. I don't think it's ever necessary, but when people are, if you read anything in history and if any of any of it was true, yeah, I mean, we were kind of dumb about a lot of stuff, but I still believe in freedom and uh, the right to truth always. So that's the one thing that really bothers me about it. Um, well, what do you think? The, the hidden thing. Certainly me, me as well. What do you think about the, the idea that let's, let's look at things in contemporary terms. We have overall, and I've broken this down in my book, The Technological Elixir, and, and a whole chapter because it's, a, it's mostly about technology and artificial intelligence, but it goes into UFOs and shamanism and things like that too. But when you look at IQs and when you look at attention spans, they have dramatically and drastically and consistently dropped in the Western world and, and globally in the last uh, yeah. couple of decades, uh, in the last 50 years, that they've dropped substantially <laughs> along with sperm counts and other things. So when you look at that, think about it. That, I mean, it's the absolute opposite of what is required to perform magical practice. When you have people that cannot focus their attention, they do not have the ability to access these other worlds. Now, maybe that's not intentional, but it sure is interesting to think about. Oh yeah, it's definitely interesting to think about, and uh, you can take, you can study all of what you're talking about too in symbolism. You can, you don't have to even practice magic. You can look at tarot cards and scry and study them, and allow your unconscious mind to, to depict the symbolism of what's being shown. For instance, uh, the devil cards. Right? There's so much um, wisdom in that card. It's totally the opposite. It's the it's. People say the moon is the fear card, and somewhat that is true. But the devil card represents the intellect and fear uh, and your desires trapping you all at once. That's why it's got the, you know, the, the bat. You don't really see that bat in the background, the wings of the bat, the airy nature of things that trap you in your mind. And, th and if you, you know, when you get into studying this stuff, it's very mystic, right? They start making you focus on like a, a dot or just an oval for a long time just to see if you can just bring yourself into focus and on one thing and teaching you to relax your body in ways that, um, that releases trauma, not just learn how to relax your muscles, but also releases past trauma and builds these subtle energies for you very safely. There's a system to do this stuff. Um, if you follow it and I didn't look at this thing like, well, this must be right. This must be the way. I'm going to follow it. I looked at it as this, 
rings true to my soul. It just keeps speaking to me and I'm going to follow it to see where it leads. And so far it's led me into a good place. You know, I'm assuming that that also is going to answer this question, Joe. And I'm, I'm wondering still about the, the wand and the sword, not so much about the, the chalice or the cup and the pentacle, but the wand and the sword. Mm-hmm. I know this can trip people up because it's tripped me up in the past. Some people see the mm-hmm. wand as air and will, and some people see the sword as will and air. Some people see the wand, therefore, as fire if the sword is air. So does that matter? Does it, is, it, is it up to the individual to interpret it? Yeah, I don't think it matters, but at some point, it's like you got to pick a system, right? You got you got to pick one of those energetic, uh, collective conscious, egregoric systems to go with. They'll both work, but if you go back and forth all the time, is to use them practically, it's probably not a good thing because in all of this practice, you're building energy, so you got to kind of yeah. stick with it. Hence the word ritual, right? Um, Otherwise, you lose concentration. I would assume you lose energetic buildup and concentration and all kinds of stuff, and. Um, the sword and the wand, it's funny how you talk about that too because they get crossed back and forth a lot. If you notice in those tarot cards, especially the Rider weight, those represent the not only the will but desire and what it does to you as you grow through the learning of it. There's a lot of burden in the swords and in the will and desire. You ever notice that? Yeah, I, I have. And, I, and I'm also wondering too because I read the, um, you ever read the Witch's Bible? No, I have not, actually. It's a really good book. I'd recommend it. It's, it's obviously heavily Wiccan, but in that book, you find a lot of parallels between traditional Wiccanism and uh, I, I would say both Golden Dawn magic and other forms of magic. And they, they, yeah. they specifically say in their tradition, and I, I hope I don't get this backwards, I think it's in their tradition, they, they take the, the sword as fire and the sword as the mind, which made the most sense to me. But in a lot of other traditions, it's, it's, of course, the opposite. It doesn't necessarily matter which one you choose, as long as you're focusing on that one and you're recognizing that you need to be consistent. And, and that's the whole point in magical practice is the focusing of will and attention and intention and imagination into developing uh, the, the, the astral body of that which you want to manifest in the physical. Is, is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. It's, it's also. Uh, the in my intuitive and very humble opinion, but I uh, I believe it on a soul level. It's also there to to you're here to build an energetic body of light that is meant to get out of this place, not to escape it, but to be able to travel starlight so that we don't be stuck to the lead of planets. Uh, that's hidden in some of the biggest mysteries of alchemy you're supposed to learn that intuitively based on your lab work and all the other stuff but um it's all this stuff is coming out it's like the mystery of the resurrection and uh, and, and all, all of these things and then the, you, there's the gnostics that take the interpretation of uh, i would say the demiurgic gnostics anyways to take the interpretation that uh, the astral realm is a and the lunar spheres are is a place to trap humans in this realm of uh, slavery and consciousness and that life is just a hellish slavery place trapped here by the demiurge. I, on the other hand, until proven otherwise, believe that life is a good thing and that it's a natural thing, just like trees are natural that make oxygen in the earth. Well, there are some metaphysical things that happen out there in the universe 
that that need to happen so life can be trapped here i mean if you pulled a fish out of a fish bowl you wouldn't say that the fish bowl was evil because it's glass it's just keeping the fish in there you see what i mean right or the the diver in the suit isn't necessarily trapped per se the diver's choosing to put the suit on i mean that's also how we look at let's say gnostic teachings or gnostic scriptures for example we look at it from a very at least here in the West, a very westernized, and even if you're not a Christian, a very Christianized version of reality, a very materialistic and crystallized version of the world. So our interpretation of what the Gnostics wrote or what people in those days, hundreds and thousands of years ago ago wrote, doesn't necessarily align perhaps with what they believed. I mean, it might be all about the demiurge and being trapped in this reality, but a lot of that is also speculation based on the text, and you can interpret it in different ways. I mean, I've looked at Gnostic, let's call them quote-unquote beliefs, and I can interpret the, the being trapped in material as not something that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just an experience. We, we just interpret it as a bad thing because you know the idea of being trapped in a body, it, it feels like you know we're we're unable to move, we're unable to go anywhere, we're like, like we're in a prison cell or something. We interpret that as bad, but that might, not mm-hmm. be, that might not be what the intention of the authors of those philosophies were really trying to convey. Does that make sense? Yeah, we've expressed this, I believe we've expressed this spiritual war that is going on inside of us, and we call it a war because yeah. that's yeah. all we've ever known is war. Uh, may, maybe whatever created this thing didn't design it the way humans do and doesn't and it's not a battle at all, but because that's what we understand it as, because it's such a conflict, right? That it must be a spiritual war. We've created lots of stories, lots of mythologies, lots of archetypes, lots of things that have some of the same fundamentals uh, that line up. And that's what uh, the Kabbalah shows. You can put just about any religion, any uh, archetypal system or anything in there, Uh, even the Pythagorean numbers, all kinds of stuff. And it just seems to be like this weird thing that lines all this stuff up. But intuitively, even if you're not a scholar or a practicing magician, there's this stuff that's inside of you that knows these truths. And it gets expressed in art constantly. If you take, say, um, uh, The Matrix, for example, well, fundamentally, it's saying the same thing in The Matrix. You're in a dream world. You don't know why you came here, but you know something's wrong. Do you believe in fate? No, I believe in choice. The whole story is about a love union between him and Trinity, right? And he can see the light world. And once he realizes who he really is, he can fly, you see? And then he sacrifices himself, which is a greater love, which you do. It just represents a greater love to keep all of this stuff flowing, life, the universe, and everything And these people think that when they write this stuff, that there's a hidden truth there. But the truth has been in you all along. And that's how a lot of it gets expressed through art, books, and pictures, and all kinds of things. That's that's what I love about, um, that's what I like about Harry Potter. I don't particularly like the Harry Potter franchise. I didn't get into it when I was a kid. I don't have an issue with it necessarily. But when you watch the first movie, or you read the, the first book, The Sorcerer's Stone... Harry has the stone with him the whole time. And I mean, that's, I mean, they have to go through the devil's snare to get to that point where he realizes he has the stone in his pocket the entire time. And I mean, I think that's probably one of the most visually simplistic ways of expressing what you just said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it's in the Fifth Element. It's in. Um, That's another good movie. So yeah, man, it's in so many things, right? And what magic is essentially done is these are the type of people who want to analyze the process, this whole process, and these are the type of people that want to say, "Hey, well, maybe it is true that I, I am that I am, and I'm a, a piece of what created me." And if that's the case, why should I be afraid? And then once they start facing their fears and they say, well, I might want to use this part of creation uh, to see what happens or to learn about love or to give myself more knowledge or help myself grow. Um, that's really what it is in a nutshell in like the most basic form. Because when you read any of these grimoires, any of this stuff, uh, they all give reverence to the highest creator, understanding that even the smallest gods and archetypes and all these things, uh, if it's done, you know, from a longer traditional sense, they understand that these things came from the creator and they give it all the blessings and glory or whatever. Uh, <laughs> some of it's a little fearful, but I think we're evolving from that too, because you have a son. I have a son. If my son came to me and said, you know, I would like to understand um, how my hair works or my fingers work. I would like <laughs> to understand uh, how to draw or paint. I need to use this paper or whatever. Um, what I tell you, well, that's mysterious. You're not ready for it yet. And if you do, you're going to go to hell. I wouldn't say that to my son at all. Well, that's you very, see what I mean? Yeah, that's very inhibiting. That, it, that doesn't seem to work very well. <laughs> no, that, no. That, that won't work with a child anyway. They'll just go get the paper and draw or they'll just draw on the walls. You know, and and, right. and that that could, right. that can kind of be a microcosm for what happens in the macrocosm when you conceal that type of a thing from people, and it kind of leaks out in the types of things I was talking about in the first segment. I want to talk about that when we come back from break. At the bottom of the next hour, I'm Ryan Gable. This is the Secret Teachings. Joe Roop with us. We'll talk a little bit about the revival of magic in the 21st century and what that means for the history of magic, how it's been very distorted in a lot of ways. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It's the month of Janus and the year of the Tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. But if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. 
Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny. We are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you'd like to contact us, email rdgable at yahoo.com, social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. You can also find the show on Gab and Gitter. If you missed any of our shows this week or last week or any week, you can go to the website and access the free archive where you can look to download all the shows and listen to them in the embedded player. You can also copy and paste the RSS feed into your radio or podcast player for a direct link to the show or click on the links that are individually provided to take you to Apple, Google, Podcast Addict, etc., If you'd like the advertisement-free version of the show without all of those ads in it, in the free archive, you can subscribe to get access to the full show archive. That'll give you access to the shows. That'll give you access to the montages. That'll give you access to my digital books. Weekly, monthly, and yearly subscriptions. When you subscribe for one year, you get a physical copy of one of my books, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, or Occult Arcana, for free as part of your subscription. I'll autograph it if you'd like. And it is free shipping in the United States. You can also buy the book separate on the website. Check out our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters, and find us on Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. We have a couple of different tiers there on Patreon, so you can pick what works for you. We have some new patrons, too. We shouted them out earlier this week. And all of our new subscribers over at thesecretteachings.info. The music tonight, by the way, is, as it has been for some time now, White Bat 
Audio. You can check out White Bat Audio over on YouTube. That's White Bat Audio. They've been very kind to us, allowing us to use their music for this show. That's White Bat Audio. You know, magic today, the type of magic maybe you see in TV, the type of magic you might read about, magic today is defined in so many different ways, and it's been relegated to the category of New Age or Neo-Pagan, and for some strange reason, progressive politics. That one really baffles the mind. I mean, any number of books teaching the youth in particular to cast spells or hexes or curses or binding rich, you know, rituals, uh, binding your political opponents is a big one. These books are available, and not only are they available, they're put proudly on display at countless bookstores around the country. I've seen them in Portland, Oregon. I've seen them here in Tucson, Arizona. I've seen them in Rochester, New York. I've seen them from coast to coast. And furthermore, these books, and I don't think we should get rid of these books, but these books, just like the entertainment that accompany them, often have this socio-political intent to cause harm to political or class enemies of a certain ideology, but in the name of stopping some elusive form of hatred or tyranny. I mean, movies and television shows glorify and promote the use of the same for identical reasons. And the question is, is this really magic? I mean, it seems contrary to the idea that the pursuit of magic is the attempt to accomplish the great work of alchemy, to purify and exalt the spiritual nature and awareness of the divine which is held in absolute reverence. To me, Joe, this sounds like the opposite of magic, all the books, all the TV shows, all the movies, all the cool things that the kids are playing around with. I'm not talking about Ouija boards. I'm talking about courses teaching kids how to use magic to get what they want as if it's some kind of personal assistant that can be ordered around like a butler. To me, that's a very dangerous thing, but I think there's more to unpack there. Joe Roop is our guest tonight. Joe, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I, I think that you're spot on with that. I mean, in my opinion, you're spot on with that. Um, I, I take a more sentiment where I, I have this feeling that we're all going to evolve the way we're supposed to anyways. It is kind of entertaining to watch how we're doing it though. And, um, sometimes when you set kids out to play, they'll do dangerous things and you'll tell them not to do these things or warn them against it. Or tell them that it has nothing to do with love and everything to do with fear and control. But eventually we have to learn our own lessons, right? So as some of these mysteries start to be revealed, there's always going to be people that are going to use it for purposes that they weren't intended for, right? And this is what the religions were created for, is gateways and um, uh, thresholds to keep people from doing those things. Uh, and a lot of the stuff was forbidden, etc. But, you know... Um, <laughs> I remember when they did uh, do that a long time ago, they were binding Trump voters and people like that. And I also remember the golden Dawn coming out and casting another liberation spell to, uh, or a massive ritual to not allow these bindings to happen and to allow people to have free choice. Even if like, you know, because they believed that even if Trump was an idiot, right. In a lot of ways, maybe he is people should still have the right to do what they want to do. You can't take away people's freedom or liberty. That's like a no-no. You can't take away their choices. You can't bind them 
you can try, but there's a karmic thing that happens when you do that kind of stuff. And those people will have to deal with that karma in this life or the next. So, um, it is pretty fun to watch though. <laughs> it It is fun to watch. I mean, I get, I get irritated by it. Admittedly. Um, I might sound like a much more angry person than I am and I can get angry sometimes, but it's like, it's a controlled, it's a controlled uh, crash, if you will. My, my anger is controlled. I'm, I'm just frustrated by every time I go to go to the bookstore, you know, and I go to the bookstore a lot. You know, I see Israel Regardi, for example, or Eliphas Levi or someone like that. I see them on like the bottom shelf covered in dust and I see proudly displayed Aleister Crowley and not just like, you know, like good Aleister Crowley because some of the stuff he taught was was accurate. But like Aleister Crowley's sex magic, how to get what you want featuring Aleister Crowley magic. And I just find that to be repulsive, first of all, because I don't like Crowley. But I also find it to yeah. be, be disturbing that people look at that and that's their first introduction to magic. Well, they need to also understand that Crowley, uh, when you go to, when you make a religion out of a person's teachings, you need to understand that person and their motives, number one, try to. I would, at least I would. I'm not saying throw the baby out of the bathwater and read all his material. But if you think this man understood the mysteries of alchemizing the love energies, uh, well, let's look at what the fruits of his life. I mean, what happened, right? So did he really understand sex magic the way he thought he did? Uh, The rituals and stuff that they make in the OTO, I think they're beautiful, but I think they're highly unbalanced in a way too, because, uh, and this is just my opinion. It's only my opinion, but I, I do think they're beautiful, but uh, they give great reverence to the feminine in such a way that uh, the Babylonian spirit of the feminine or the Shekinah or whatever is everything. And this is why they have like naked women in their rituals and stuff. And it's really glorified uh, about, and I can un- I kind of understand it because they feel liberated to express their love through uh, the sexual forces and stuff like that. But uh, love to me and to a lot of other people is such a greater and bigger thing than just that. And uh, it it just, I don't know, I don't want to dab on the OTO because there's a lot of good stuff in there. It's just, um, I don't think that we we shouldn't be going around saying that we totally understand even love when it's caused so much problems in our lives and it's a really big mystery. I think we should continue this in a, I like to continue things in a safe way. Um, and when I say safe, I mean in a way that where we respect these forces and not just think that they're all at our will because we're children of God, you know, then we become brats of the divine. It's a little different, (laughs) I think. Well, well, so, so here's my, here's my issue. Hardcore, materialist science and philosophy. And I don't necessarily mean a particular branch of science, philosophy, or even religion for that matter, but like hardcore scientific dogma, materialism to me makes zero sense. And that's coming from the point of view of someone who's not a practicing magician, someone who's not a a spiritualist per se. I look at everything and I try to quantify it. And material reality, to me, seems to be an expression of something that is unseen. 
and literally for tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years, you've had ancient man and various branches of what we even know as Homo sapiens sapiens communicating with these spirit realms. I mean, we might call it an hallucination. We might say it's the result of ayahuasca or some psilocybin fungus. But people for thousands of years have experienced other worlds, underworlds, upper worlds. They've experienced, you know, the upside down, if you will, the the the, the duat of the Egyptians or Zabalba of the of the uh, of the Central and, and South Americans of the Maya yeah. in particular. So people for thousands of years have activated their you know a connection to these other worlds, Joe, and it's 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 a relatively recent thing. It's not just in Western society that we've closed ourselves off from those other worlds. I mean, our belief that materiality is the only thing that exists is a relatively recent development in human history. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's so true. I think we should always take that into account, too, uh, where we are based on history and based on dynasties that that built a lot of their systems around uh, uh, the spiritual stuff that we're learning today. Like I said earlier, when I was on doing the lighting the void, you if you really take the time to study this stuff, you can trace it all back to Egypt and Samaria, and there was a still things there that they understood that isn't in any books. We still haven't figured it out. There's a lot of mysteries there. So, if there is these still great mysteries amongst all of these things, I think we should tread lightly. Number one, but um, yeah, it's almost like it's almost like some kids that don't understand nuclear science, uh, but they understand basic like high school science going into a lab and ripping the machines out and pushing buttons and saying, what does this do? You know, that's what it feels like to me sometimes. What do you think Joe of, of let's, let's look at ancient Egypt, for example, because that's, that's a very mystical place in the mind. Egyptian mummies, I don't know if you know this, have been found with like psychoactive drugs preserved uh, like nicotine and cocaine. And some some scientists, professors, I guess people who study this, they believe that, you know, the the pharaohs and the priests of ancient Egypt, just like uh, ancient Central America, they they were able to access other realms through psychoactive uh, substances, hallucinogenic substances, and that this was really the the foundation for religion. Uh, it's the foundation for human art. It's the re, it's the foundation for human development. But you know, in in the mystery schools, like in Egypt, they use something called blue water lily. It was a home on the Nile River, and there's a similar lily that they used in South and Central America. The Maya used this. Uh, you know, uh, psilocybin mushrooms, the the famous uh, stone mushrooms of the Maya civilization so these different my point is these different civilizations these different cultures all over the world they came to a realization that there were things spirits uh half human half animal things that were seen in these other realms they turned that into myth they turned that into stories they turned that into gods they turned that into goddesses and all of these different things in the other world in the other realm that we can access and we can communicate with Sure, they can be activated. We can access them through these types of substances, you know, an ayahuasca, for example. But we don't need those substances to to connect with them. We don't need to be a shaman to connect with them. So my question to you is, what is your your viewpoint as a practicing magician who who have, you know, you've performed rituals, you've 
you've studied this extensively. Where does yeah. where does the hallucinogen fit into this? Because today, just like those books, Joe, we have people that think, I'll just take ayahuasca and everything will be downloaded into my brain. And and I think that's just as dangerous as let me play with sex magic because I'm gonna I'm gonna get some. Yeah, well, I mean it 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 can be dangerous. Uh, I've taken uh, psychedelics myself, uh, DMT, LSD, mushrooms. Um, I, I haven't, I, I haven't taken a lot of it, but I've had experiences with them, and I, I think, um, I think they can be useful for certain things. Uh, even some of this stuff is scientifically, so to speak, proven uh, for the brain, for the chemicals that make up the brain or even for unlocking certain things in your consciousness if you have blocks. But uh, to say that you're enlightened because you had all of these experiences, um, I don't know how true that is. Most of the people that I talk to that are psychonauts, or some of them are some of the craziest some people I've ever met, right? But in, a good, also, in a good way or bad way? Or just I, a- I would say in a good way because they also have... They, well, that depends. Like if they have families, it's caused problems with their families and they'll admit it too because they've entered into these realms and some of them get stuck there, right? And unless the rest of their family just take an ayahuasca with them, it kind of, you can't relate to actual society, you know? Um, so yeah, to each his yeah. own, but I think that there could be something true to that. I don't. I think that the world or consciousness could uh manifest things into the physical realm to say, well, maybe this stuff will unlock it, but some things and help evolve people a little bit faster. But then again, it's all a theory, right? It's all, it's just a theory and you can access these things totally on your own. I didn't, when I had that eczematosis or like direct out of body experience in this local sphere here, um, I wasn't under the influence of anything other than the basic rituals of neophyte magic. They were all about balancing your energies and building up energy. That's what it was all about. I didn't invoke anything, do anything. I was just balancing and building energy. Let me ask you a, a question that's personal for me. And, and I guess it'll, it'll become personal for everybody as well. Now that I'm going to ask it on air in your opinion, based on what you just said, from my experience, when I was a kid, I was very restricted on what I could access television wise, et cetera. It wasn't, you know, like extremely hardcore, but I, I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of things or access a lot of things. And, and that's, you know, I don't have any issue with that uh, nowadays. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's, it's how I grew up. That's fine. But when I was a kid, I didn't have access to that stuff, but I, I saw things, you know, in my room at night where oh, yeah. I, I interacted with things, Joe, that I mean, from things that were geometric that people see when they take DMT, and I've never done that in my life, just from things I've heard and things I've read and things I've seen, you know, drawn and scribbled down to things that are more like, um, almost like, uh, like, like I, I saw one time the wall in the living room when I was a young kid start like just blood was dri- dripping down it with African tribal masks and, and, and fire. Mm. I mean, I saw things when I was a kid. I obviously wasn't on drugs, wasn't allowed to access a lot of things that could have played on the subconscious. So where does that come from? Is that just, am I one of the people that can tap into that accidentally? Or is there something else at play? Is it something maybe from a past life? What do you think about that? 
I think, uh, I don't know the exact answers to that, but I can tell you, but on my experience, right? Like I can tell you based on my experience and my intuition and some of the stuff I've read as well, um, that these are the energies that we bring into the world with us as as we're, we're babies. They may come from a past life or they may just be present wherever we are, uh, however they got there because you're not the only one. Lots of children are tormented with this stuff when they're young. I saw things that were with my eyes open, right? Like you said, that were there when I was a kid that terrified me. Um, Did my, the energies of my own fear uh, manifest these things? I don't know, because that brings into question, you know, what's consciousness and observation, all that stuff. All I know is, is that there was a cause and effect each time. Uh, the set, the hermetic principles were there for sure. But as I got older and I started to develop the beliefs of my parents, that it was my imagination or that I was just making things up or that my mind's playing tricks on me, etc. Uh, I think it shut off a part of that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I saw all kinds of stuff when I was a kid too. You, you know what I think so, funny about the two words you just used is that it's almost kind of the opposite when uh, I'm not saying that when parents say this, they're, they're totally ignorant. I, I mean, I get where parents are coming from, but, or an, or, sure. or an adult in general is coming from, but for an adult to say, it's just your imagination. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's your imagination. It's your brain tricking you. I mean, that's, that's really, I think from the point of view of the individual saying that they're basically telling themselves, no, that's not real and they're tricking themselves into into not believing it just simply because it doesn't fit into a paradigm. It's almost just like an it's a form of denial, especially because yeah. so many so many people experience this type of thing and they don't have to be on drugs to experience it. They do not have to be, you know, inundated with pop culture to ex- I mean that's I think that's where it all comes from. That's where art, that's where religion, that's where pop culture, it all comes from those types of experiences whether you're practicing magic or not. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that, man, for sure. And like the thing about uh, the astral realm is we kind of, in our mind, uh, we separate it from this world. I don't think, you know, if you read the Sefer Yetzirah, uh, intuitively, I think that's kind of closer where this astral light and realm and this place full of these elementals, entities, energies, whatever you want to call it, Right now, as we speak, wherever you're sitting or listening to the show, they're all around you. You just haven't, you don't, you haven't developed the sight to see, feel, or interact with them. I see the magicians kind of understood this stuff too, which is why they, you know, started working with shapes, symbols, and geometry because these, they wanted to work with things that would pass through these shapes, symbols, and geometry because, um, at the, at the end of the day, there's nothing more powerful in nature than sacred geometry or number, right? You can see it in everything. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think we've dumbed ourselves down on purpose so that we can live here. Uh, it's kind of, um, I think we, we've done it maybe for our own sanity, but, uh, but it, it, it becomes a problem after a while. Like we get to a certain age where we start to feel like, you know, Neo before he got unlocked. And we want to go back and figure this out. And I think with kids, when they tell you that they see something or they have an imaginary friend or whatever, 
I think you should experiment with them in a healthy way and take them seriously. Right, because there's a dangerous way when you just feed into it too, and then you could yeah. actually manifest things that you maybe don't want to manifest or, or give right. those yeah. things space. Yeah, and see, we can we can analyze this stuff and, and, and get intellectually stimulated by really, and I love this one, I love doing it. Um, but when things get a little hairy or we're unsure, I think the real thing that we need to understand is the polarities of the poles of alpha and omega and love and fear and say, okay, if I don't understand what's going on right now, if I make a decision based in love when I do this or I'm coming from love, 99.9, I would say 100% of the time, you're going to be safe, right? And fear is actually a part of love. It's kind of a paradox because you want to protect certain things too. So, um, yeah, I just don't think you should just negate what children tell you because you, you know, you think it's just like Plato or their imagination or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly. The problem. Certainly. Joe Roop is our guest this evening from lighting the void. Joe Roop is of course a good friend of mine and he is the owner of the fringe FM. I'm sure. Most of you know that for those of you who don't check out lighting the void, it comes on right before the secret teachings Monday through Friday, right here on the fringe FM. Joe, where can listeners find your show? We have just a few minutes here. We'll come back with a longer final segment. But where can listeners who might not know who you are, there's always people listening, where can they find the show and the archive? Yeah, you just go to uh, lightingthevoid.com. There are free archives there with ads. There's a membership just like you have if you want to get ad-free archives. And plus, I've uh, started some basic uh, magic audios, guidance, uh, voice-guided magic stuff uh, in there as well. So people at lighting the void.com lighting the void.com. Do people tell you that you have a a calming voice, a charismatic voice? What kind of voice do do people tell you that you have? Man, I've heard everything. A lot of people like my voice. Some people don't, but, um, from the, for the most part, I hate even bragging. I hate bragging about anything. You know me, man. You're not Alex Jones. You're not bragging. I'm not bragging. Yeah. But I I read 200 naval history books, all right? But I'm not bragging. I'm not not Donald Trump either. We're like, there's nobody that has a better voice than me. There's nobody that does it like me, you know, or anything like that. Uh, I just know that it's a talent that apparently I've either developed or something happened with the sound of my voice. I don't know. It's just a gift that's been given to me, and I, I'm going to use it as long as I have it, I think. It might sound like a fluff question, but I think that that's an honest question. I'm just curious, because the voice is a projection of the soul. It's a projection of the will and desire, especially when you're a radio host, especially when you're doing magical guidance. It's something that's important to maybe understand you Absolutely. Know, how you interpret your own voice. Joe Roop is, again, I'm our a- guest. Oh, go ahead, Joe. One more thing. Man, there's a, there's a whole magical topic about that we could get into, actually. Yeah, let's do it when we get back. Joe Roop, Lighting the Void, LightingTheVoid.com. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. This is White Bat Audio, the music. If you'd like to contact us, R-D-G-A-B-L-E at Yahoo.com. Please check out our website, TheSecretTeachings.info. If you want to continue to listen to the secret teachings and to access all of our wonderful shows please subscribe to the archive and or purchase a book on the website check out our affiliate sponsor pro one water filters thank you to all of you 
who have been buying water filters or other products from that company and get behind the scenes with the secret teachings. Let us know what you want to see. What is, let us know what you want to hear over on Patreon. Just search the secret teachings. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the Montage Archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable, 
and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio. If you're listening on Apple or another podcast or radio player, please take a moment, go down to the bottom of the page, comment on the show, tell us what you think about the show. Give us three stars, four stars, five stars, whatever you think we deserve. We lost a lot of our comments and starring once we switched over the feed with all those technical issues. So if you have a second, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything except maybe 10 seconds. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. That helps promote the show because other people see it. They say, oh, this show got good ratings. Maybe I'll take a listen to it. If you're having trouble finding the show, just search the show again. We're still trying to solidify that link on Apple. You know, the story of divine knowledge being imparted to mankind from spirits, gods, goddesses, teachers, etc. is really preserved in the myth of Prometheus bringing fire to mankind and suffering a very severe punishment akin to Jesus Christ or Odin hanging on the world tree, both pierced by a spear in their side. And Odin brought language. He brought ruins that he brought to the world through the sacrificing of his blood being hanged on the tree and also in the literal spilling of his blood. And you know, when you think about religion, you think about art and where these things come from, I mean, even popular culture, things that deal in fringe science or magic things that are metaphysical, things that are mystical. I I do not believe personally that these things from art and religion to metaphysics in general, I don't believe that they come from imagination in the sense that we created them after the fact that material reality crystallized. I, I think material reality as a crystallized substance is a result of an expression of those both internal and external in the sense that they are otherworldly realms and dimensions. And, you know, major world religions themselves have their origin in such events. I mean, you know, Muhammad was visited by the angel Gabriel and revealed the text of the Holy Quran, and Muhammad couldn't read, and the angel said, read, damn you, (laughs) read. And Muhammad knew how to read. The same story is told of, of shamans in the Amazon that didn't know how to read. They contact these spirit realms, and suddenly they know how to read, and they're given this holy text, just like Muhammad. I mean, Moses talked to God through a burning bush, and then met him face to face to receive the Ten Commandments. The revelation of St. John was received in a similar manner uh, through some, I I think some would just, I mean, you read the story, it's like St. John just was hallucinating through the experience. Uh, The founder of Mormonism, Joseph Smith, he received golden plates from heaven, from an angel named Moroni uh, that contained the Book of Mormon. Uh, Whether it's Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, Gnosticism, they all have this belief in realms beyond the physical that are inhabited by various entities and beings. I mean, the Bible itself is the Word of God. And Ezekiel, like the prophet Enoch, experienced communications through direct experience with the divine. I mean, even Ezekiel's famous wheel is very similar to the much, much later uh, medieval and Victorian uh, fairies, the fairies uh, circles and the fairy lights like flying discs of modern UFO experiences. I mean, all, all of these things, whether we're talking about shamanistic experiences and hunter-gatherer societies or fairies in medieval Europe or even UFO abductions today, they're all very similar. It, it, the individual is transported to another world. 
The individual is experimented on. The individual is, is torn apart, and the individual is then given some kind of knowledge and healing power, and then the individual is returned. And along the way, they interact with therianthropes, half-human, half-animal creatures or entities, spirits, most of the time serpents and snakes that impart this knowledge and this wisdom. And whether you call it shamanism or you call it, in my, my, uh, my experience, of all the things I've read in mythology, my favorite myth is the story of Osiris being dismembered. And that story is the story of the shaman. It's the story of, of the, the cycle and the process of life that in magic and for myself, even not as a practicing magician like our guest tonight, Joe Roop, being more of a mystic or a scholar, I consider myself, I align myself with these energies. I align myself with these, these historical and, and, and widespread uh, experiences that mankind has, has had for literally probably hundreds of thousands of years, at, at minimal at least forty to 50,000 years going back to the upper Paleolithic cave art where you have the first expressions of, of art and religion as we know them today. And it was in the cave, it, it, it was in these, these sacred grottos where you had, uh, you know, uh, like the Oracle of Delphi, for example, or the Shrine of Ulysses. And, uh, you know, the, the high priestess at Delphi, uh, the Temple of Apollo, uh, known as the Pythia, so there's the serpent, the python, um, you know, she, just as those that went to the Temple of Ulysses, they experienced these types of visions through, uh, in the case of Delphi, noxious uh hallucinogenic fumes that came up from inside the earth. And at the temple of Ulysses, they drank a substance called Kaikion, uh, which was a drink made of barley, which we know famously uh, was the host of a purple fungal parasite called Ergot, which is another name for uh, Demeter, the goddess for which these agricultural cults were based off of. Um, and funny enough, that is the same fungus that Albert Hoffman used to synthesize LSD in 1938. So there's an absolute tapestry between what we consider to be the spiritual and the physical, the immaterial and the material, religion, science, philosophy, metaphysics. All of it is intertwined. And the physical, logically, it can only be deduced, is an expression of the other world, of the spirit world, which animates this physical world. And that animation is caused by vibration, i.e. the word of God, which brings us around full circle to the end of the previous segment with our good friend Joe Roop, fellow radio host, fellow magician. We were talking about the expression of the voice, vibration, language. Tell us about that, Joe. Well, yeah, I mean, vibration, it's a old, you know, hermetic thing is vibration, but through your voice, a lot of the, all of the principles come out in your voice, right? So the fundamentals of ritual uh, is using hermetic, is using the hermetic laws to uh, either enlighten, illuminate, or manifest something in your life. So your voice is a, is a direct representation of your energy. Uh, it's a direct representation of your will and uh, your love force or whatever force that's coming through you. So uh, that, that now I believe that society has dumbed us down from connection. And I mean, that's a whole other show. 
you you can say something with your voice and body language, right, to someone, and they will pick up exactly what you mean, your intentions, and everything based on that. Uh, but when you get a text message, it can be interpreted nine different ways based on how that person's feeling at the time, and uh, you know what I mean. It can get misstrewed. Yes. So yes. when someone hears your voice, the reason why people like radio so much is because it is an expression of your light. It's an expression of your art and who you are and you, through you can, your voice you can close is your, your divine power. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you can close your eyes and you can hear it and imagine it. And that is the first step in magical practice, is it not? Or one of the first steps. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and, by, and just vibrating just certain vowel sounds. You ever, you know, there's a the whole thing about tongues and stuff. But if you look at a, a child say a four or five year old, six, seven year old child, they'll just, they don't even have to say words. So we wonder how some of these languages got developed because we think things have to be understood uh, logically through the mind, but sometimes they don't. Languages like Enochian and all these others were uh, on a whole other vibration. And so if you're riding down the road with say your son or when my son was little and he's really tapped into love and happiness and everything, They'll start making weird noises and then this weird stuff. And they're, they're just expressing themselves. You know, that's all they're doing. Uh, we're the ones that decided, okay, when we turn it this way, it means that. And when we uh, vow it out this way, it means this. But uh, that's kind of the, it's so, the voice is one of the most powerful things of the magician. And I would tell everybody that through their voice, uh, they are manifesting their reality. The only difference between you and a practicing, studying occultist magician is that uh, they're aware of its power and trying to do something about it and studying it. That's it. Let's look at a comment from Sammy in the chat room. Sammy was asking or sort of Im- Im- implying uh, to, to, to get a response uh, about people who have had magic in their lineage and were raised on magic and had it passed down to them. I don't know if you have any experience with that, but what is your thought on that? And, and maybe how does that also translate to orders like the Golden Dawn, where you do have a lineage in the order itself, even though it might not be in your direct life until you become a part of that order? Uh, I don't, well, I think there's some, there's always ancestral and, uh, family lineage stuff. There's, there's a separate energy there for sure. Um, but sometimes there's also souls that come into this earth that, uh, are here to meet their other families. You know, we, we always assume that because we were birthed by our families that that's, uh, our energy. Well, uh, there is energy there. There's ancestral energy there for sure. Mm-hmm. There's uh, blood energy and so, you know, there's some dark stuff in that if you want to look at that too, but there's good things about it as well. It just depends on which pole you're coming from, right? Um, when you use this stuff or learn about this stuff. But uh, there are souls, I believe, that enter this earth that are here to uh, realize that they don't relate or connect to their family in any kind of way and they go on a hermetic path to find their family in other places. So. Um, and I have a magical lineage and anybody that's been initiated in any magical order, uh, probably has a lineage to somebody that had a lineage to them and you can trace it back. And it's really cool to see where that energy comes from. Um, but do I put like, 
a lot of uh, stock into it. I mean, sure, it's cool to know and understand and find out, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's either to me, it's just like a way of life. Just like I was raised as a Christian, I developed into a magician. Well, if I would have stayed a Christian, I mean, my life probably would have been hell of a lot more energetically routined, yeah. maybe even more ritualized, because uh, I always had that energy. So I could see the power in that too. Well, well, listen, I don't, I don't know what what people might classify Jesus Christ as other than the Savior, but turning water into wine, feeding people with some bread and some fish, Muhammad talking to angels, getting books from the heavens, Moses talking to a burning bush. It sounds like these guys were magicians. It sounds like these guys might have been high on some kind of hallucinogen. It sounds like these guys practiced something other than material science, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, they were definitely magicians, and there's lots of books on that, and there's uh, lots of people that have found... uh, even a friend of mine, David Griffin and Leslie McQuaid, they have found some old, uh, you could say grimoires or scriptures of uh, magic that Jesus did with his disciples that uh, I don't know if it's um, legitimate, but I don't get into the text as much as David and Leslie do, but they claim it is. And it, uh, you know, there's other books that profess to the life of Jesus where he's totally doing magic. Uh, even uh, even as a kid where he's like cursing people and stuff. So who who knows, right? Uh, I, I think we're all magicians. It's just some people are consciously aware and want to do it and others others don't. I just think that word magic is, it's just a science we haven't evolved to understand yet. That's all it is. I mean, we're always on a quest to understand it. I mean, being a student, rather than thinking that we have it all figured out and realizing that there isn't one exact perfect way to, to discovery or to communion with the divine is the only way that we can come to a true understanding. Otherwise, we prevent ourselves from accessing information, accessing knowledge, accessing understanding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can take just the basic fundamentals of ritual magic the art of ceremony and ritual magic and never have to do any Kabbalistic work, planetary work, or even travel in the astral realm, which is one of the real big things about magic is to develop that body too. But, um, and use those fundamentals in your life to, to learn how to love better or make your life better or understand yourself better or manifest things into your life. If you want, Uh, I know you talk about Mitch Horowitz, but he wrote, quite a few books took the fundamentals of magic and you know threw them into business and showed people how to do stuff with it with with all kinds of different ways in a more modern way but uh it works because he took the fundamentals of it and it worked that's all that's all it is let's go back to the chat room we've got brian in the chat room he's not asking a question but he's saying something here about uh, the pineal gland and and chakras where does, where does that fit in magic? Because in my experience, the chakra has almost become this kind of, this kind of fringe subject within certain realms of the fringe. Like some people believe the chakras are meant to, to be opened and purified and cleansed. And other people believe that to open them, it's actually a trap to allow other things in. I don't know how you interpret that, Joe, but I'd like your interpretation of that based on what Brian was saying. Uh, well, I personally believe that these energy centers are real. I think that just like astrology, tarot and everything else, they're still being studied through 
experimentation, spiritual experimentation today and understood there's different charts and different versions of chakras and how many we got and all that stuff. Uh, but the reason why there's some fundamental same chakras and all this stuff is because people have experiences with them. And now um, being opened and vibrated and used for whatever, I believe depends on entirely the person. I, I've had people that uh, got into magic, asked me a bunch of questions, and six months later they're, they're losing their mind in the hospital. And I'm like, well, what did you do? Well, I was messing, I did this uh, Lilith ritual and all this stuff. Well, you know, you go messing with dark things, dark things are going to happen. Well, with your chakras and stuff, too, if you're not bringing love and, and light, and I know that sounds cliche, but let's just call it love, all right, and forget the light because love and light's been turned into something different. Yeah, Let's just call it love. Yeah, I mean, if you're not bringing that into the situation and balance, um, maybe you shouldn't be opening your chakras. You know, I I think you should experiment with all of this stuff uh, respectfully and uh, see if it works. And then when it starts to work, uh, a lot of people back off. I'll tell you something funny, too. Most people that experiment with magic, they have enough coincidences that they are excited to talk about how real it is. But the moment they have a very real experience, they usually run back to church and they call it evil. I wonder why that happens. Fear? I would say so. Yeah, it shakes up their paradigm really bad. Let let me ask you. And it freaks them out. Let me ask you this question about about practicing magic. I don't think that you can answer it because I don't think anybody can answer it. Even people that study this can't really figure out exactly, uh, you know, a, a conclusive uh, conclusiveness to it. But like dimethyltryptamine, DMT, a lot of people believe that the pineal gland produces it when the brain is in a dream state. So hear me out. A dream can be considered an expression of the subconscious, and therefore it could be an extension of imagination, and that is one of the steps in magical ritual. So in performing, you know, uh, you know, performing a magical operation, and especially one that's more than a single setting at a single time, do you think that DMT might come into play? And not that you're taking DMT, but the body is naturally producing these chemicals that allow you to interact through that concentration and that imagination and through the directionalizing of will on these other worlds and spirits to communicate with angels and archangels and things of this nature. What do you think about that? I think, I think there's something, matter of fact, I know there's something very real uh, to this, to this, right? And uh, there were systems developed both the Eastern and Western to to raise this energy in you naturally, safely, and in a way that you wouldn't uh, lose your mind, freak out, have brain damage, whatever you want to call it, uh, when this stuff got unleashed. So uh, DMT is just like, they have mapped out the brain, too. Just think of that. Oh, yes. They've mapped out the brain, and they still are, don't understand a lot of things about the brain. They've mapped out the human body from since the Egyptian times all the way up till today and still don't understand some of the occult metaphysical things that are going on with that. Manly P. Hall is a fantastic text on that called The Occult Anatomy of Man. Um, I've, got, I've, got an ori- I've got an original copy of that. Like one yeah, of the, it's a fantastic It's beautiful. Book. Yeah. Go ahead. And 
even tells you that the, some of the medicines of the ancient times understood the, the glands and they understood what these things really did and how they corresponded to, our, to us spiritually and energetically. Uh, where if you told our modern scientists today, they would say it was nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't believe it's nonsense at all. You can stress yourself out through fear and become very, very sick, lose organs and all kinds of things, and you feel that fear. It's a very spiritual, energetic thing, you know. And I mean, there are correspondences in the body, of course, just as there are with minerals and plants and colors and sounds even. I mean, that's the as above, so below axiom of, of, well, a lot of people associate it with hermeticism, but I think that that idea goes back uh, a lot further than that. I mean, everything is in association with everything else. Everything is essentially a fractal pattern of some larger whole, and therefore consciousness or collective consciousness is an expression of the all or the divine or whatever it is that we choose to call God, etc., Right. Yeah. And yeah. And look, if you dedicate yourself to understanding um, the esoteric or magic or these things, especially if you're going to practice it in a safe way, it's a lifelong study. There's so many aspects to this. There's so many things that I don't know if you could do it all in one lifetime yet. uh, Like you said, there's lots of books that have plenty of people saying they are you know, authors on magic of all kinds of different things that I think it's just like putting kids in a playground, you know, with, uh, uh, toys that are a little too sharp, you know, um, they're not old enough to understand it or should be playing with it, but yet they're allowed to do it because they're allowed to do it. Right. Like, what did you say? You saw a magic book about someone, how to, how to cast spells on someone's, uh, (laughs) what was it? (laughs) I don't know. I've, so, I've seen so many of these things. I got to start taking pictures of them. It was something about like magic for for queer people to fight misogyny and the patriarchy. It was something like that. And I was trying to quantify okay. that in my head. I, I didn't really understand what that means. Yeah, well, that's. I would I would say that whoever wrote that book, no, I will cast judgment. We all do, anyways. I hate when people say. Don't judge. Well, you. Everybody I've ever met judges stuff all day long, subconsciously. Yeah, subconsciously, okay? we're yeah. always judging. So I would say that that person has a uh, some probably some parent issues and had a rough upbringing, probably or something like that, and uh, uh, wanted to learn the occult, and now wants to fight back with it, and wants everyone to to do to, to anybody that's been through what they've been through to fight back with magic because they kind of feel magic isn't something you should use because you feel powerless. That's, I think there's a real problem That's, with that. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. I think it's something that you should study, uh, because you're understanding that you're connected to the divine, that you have a, a, a connection, a personal connection with divinity and you're not powerless. And, um, if you really, if these people really study this stuff, they know why that they incarnated into these situations and why their souls are going through what they're going through. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. That's what I think. Well, in the few minutes we have left here, tell us, uh, tell us about some books that you'd recommend. I've got a couple too, but tell us about some books that you'd recommend. If someone wants, let's say a starter course or maybe, you know, the next step up from a starter course, Give us some ideas of some books 
that would be uh, appropriate to read? Well, I'll just go really quick here, okay? Because uh, if you want to understand ceremonial magic, realize uh, that the most, all of the modern magical orders and most of the tarot decks, all this stuff come from the Golden Dawn. Uh, The Golden Dawn got a lot of their stuff from Eliphas Levi, uh, the grimoire magicians and the older ceremonial magicians that were just doing grimoires and stuff like that. Um, if you want to understand the fundamentals of magic and the occult, you have to read Elvis Levi and Henry Cornelius Agrippa. You have to. If you want to get into like ritual and understand ceremonial magic, I would definitely say like uh, Franz Barden, uh, you know, Israel Regardi for sure. There's so many books on this. If you want a system of magic, there's two books I would recommend, and they're completely uh, for di- two different minds. One is Liam Thomas Christopher's uh, Kabbalah and the Great Work of Self-Transformation, and the other one is uh, David Griffin's Ritual Magic Manual. Right. So there's two opposite, uh, te- they're the same teachings, but one's really intricate. And then um, the reason why I like Liam's book so much, so much, is because he does lay it out in a very beginner course and he gives you books as if they're textbooks and kind of walks you through it as an instructor and it really works. With that being said, like if you want the ultimate beginner course on understanding the fundamentals of all this stuff, I really believe you should go to YouTube and look up Brader Xavier and start with his mystery school, video number one, and just go from there. Are those the books that you've used in your practice? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, David's a friend of mine. He wrote, you can't get a physical copy of that book unless you want to pay a crap ton of money, but I think he still sells the PDF. Uh, Liam Thomas Christopher was the first book I started using when I got into it. Um, You really start to see that this is a life practice. And you see, and once you get to reading this stuff, you'll start seeing just how uh, it's been um, sensationalized too. And how beautiful this stuff really is. You know, I've read, um, I mean, I've read almost every author. I don't, I've never read David's book, but I've read virtually every author that you've mentioned to me now and off air. We've read a lot of the same thing. I know a lot of our listeners have read a lot of the same thing. There are some little gym books that I've picked up over the years that were really instrumental in helping me to understand this stuff. A book, by David Conway called Ritual Magic was something that was more than any other book instrumental in helping me understand Kabbalah. That book, maybe it just pushed me over the edge, but uh, that book was really good. Uh, Agrippa is is obviously, a um, that's a task to, to read all yeah, that. It's a fundamental, but it's a task too. Yeah. Like if you want to understand uh, the elemental worlds and alchemy and stuff like that, uh, you got to kind of read it. It is a task, though. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a fantastic book. I mean, I think it's easier to read than than Eliphas's books, but those those are all fundamental. Personally, I loved the Magus, but there are some other books. I've got a whole bunch of them here in my my uh, my my in my studio here. But I've got books um, that aren't really traditional magical books, but they help you to understand uh, the subconscious and philosophy and the mythology. And these are two books I always recommend, The Secret History of the World and The Sacred History by Jonathan Black or Mark Booth, who we've, we've actually gotten the chance to interview in the past when he still did a few interviews. 
that's Jonathan Blacker, Mark Booth. His books are fantastic, and you can pick those books up for like next to nothing to use bookstore. Uh, they really ch- changed my perception of, of a lot of these subjects. Go ahead, Joe. Since we're good friends, I want to say this too. When I when I met you in New York, um, you were like a certain place, right? And we started talking about magic and stuff. I don't it. I don't have to even talk about the personal place he was, but I know through our discussions and some of the adventures that we went on in New York that you saw magic change something very big in your life in a very loving and good way. Yeah, and you know what? Just to give people a more uh, a more a solid example of what you're saying. Sometimes I'll think, you know what? I don't really have the money to buy this thing I need for radio, let's say. And there was something I, I had purchased. This happened a couple times, something I purchased for radio. And I thought, I, I can't really afford it, but I need it. And I buy it. And within like 12 hours, I get a donation, which I hardly ever get donations anymore. People buy books, subscribe, but nobody donates anymore because they can get right. something. And somebody donated, this is like the third time it's happened, somebody donated for like the, I didn't even talk about it. I went and bought it and I got a donation within half a day for the exact amount that I spent. And that happens so consistently, that kind of thing. I mean, that's the synchronicity. That's, that's, That's the magic, Joe. Yeah, you tapped into the baby, right? The loving baby that wanted and desired something. You took a risk. You stepped out and did it anyways, even though society tells you, oh, I don't know, we'll look at your bank account, whatever. And Spirit <laughs> yeah. stepped in and said, I, <laughs> Spirit stepped in and said, I got you. Well, maybe if I go buy an AR-15 tomorrow, somebody will donate 1500 <laughs> I want to pray on that one, though, make sure, you know. Yeah, know. yeah. All right, well, um, the, the Sunday is my birthday, so if anybody wants to get me an AR, uh, I'm, I'm open to that. I'm actually trying to get a Henry Lever action rifle, but they're sold out everywhere. That's what I wanted for my birthday. <laughs> a Henry Lever action rifle. Yeah, dude, I'm going old wow, school. Dude. I'm going old school. I got Yeah, the, you might you might as well got a Thompson or something, man. You know what I I, I, that's funny. I went to a gun shop around here and they had a Tom a Thompson gun with a drum you could buy. I mean it's Arizona, so you get whatever you want. Um but yeah <laughs> maybe I'll get a Tom, believe that a Thompson gun for my birthday. Um anyway I want well, to happy f- birthday man. I appreciate it. I was going to say thank you for joining us on the Friday show. And uh, I mean, it's basically a birthday show for me. So thanks for joining us on the show, the birthday show. And thanks for letting us uh, do what we do here on the secret teachings. A lot of people don't know that. I mean, if it, if it weren't for you, Joe, uh, I mean, we would be on another network, but you, you gave us the free range to do pretty much whatever we want. And, and you've never told us, you know, to censor the show or to do anything like that. You, you've always allowed us to do whatever we want. So people should certainly know that about, you and then also just about the fringe fm in general which is a unique experience in in the world of fringe science and metaphysics and and whatnot in terms of radio uh, i think that the fringe fm really really provides an open platform not to just discuss anything but especially to discuss the subject of magic in a comfortable and inviting way that doesn't really preach one point of view or another which i think is the only and the safest way to learn about those kinds of things. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Lightingthevoid.com. I think everybody knows, but for those of, of those, uh, those, those listeners out there who don't know that Joe Roop lighting the void right before the secret teachings, Monday through Friday on the fringe FM. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah. You have a good night. Okay. 
right, there goes you too, bro. There goes Joe. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. I've got all kinds of songs here. I'm trying to think of which one is the best to queue up. Right, let's try this one. See what we got. Something good to go out Friday night on. Here we go. This one's called Black Lotus by White Bat Audio. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to the archive at thesecretteachings.info. You get access to the montages as well as the archive. You get access to my digital books. You can buy a book if you'd like on the website. We do ship internationally. If you have any questions about that, tonight's show, whatever, anything, rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, Gab and Gitter, we are there as well on social media and on Patreon for behind the scenes content. Check out the secret teachings. There's a lot of stuff coming on Patreon. I'm trying to get these videos uploaded. They will be there soon. Stay safe. Stay informed. Stay healthy. And always seek the light. We'll be back on Monday. Don't go anywhere. Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. We must seize the means of production. Stop it, Vlad. You know the rule. No communism. Mama, if we just get rid of all these successful people, we'll finally be happy. No, honey, that just means we'll all be poor. Freedom-loving parents have long been left alone to shoulder the burden of educating their children and passing down a love of liberty. While there are few books that teach these ideas to adults, there seem to be fewer that teach them to children. The Tuttle Twins series changes all of that, helping parents convey the principles of freedom to their kids in a fun way. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate link 
for the Tuttle Twins to get your curriculum and books today so that you can educate yourself and your children on how to adhere to the principles of liberty for all people. So if you have offspring and don't want them supporting socialism, then click the link and order the Tuttle Twins books today. Stalin has no stunning new achievements unless you consider killing millions of innocent people an achievement. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. 